Welcome to Here Comes Yesterday, a weekly 15-minute podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead with your host, Frank Corrado. It may not be a great pickup line, but it is a classic icebreaker question. What are your hobbies? With engaging distractions like the internet and streaming services these days, I wonder if people have real hobbies anymore. Hobbies were once about what you wanted to do instead of what you had to do. Research shows that TV and movies are at the top of the list of spare time activities these days, followed by reading, then working out, then arts and crafts, games, and do-it-yourself stuff. The easiest way to categorize hobbies might be those that are active and those that are passive. People often think of hobbies as passive, stamp collecting, for example, but there are many hobbies that are active as well. Working out, woodworking, quilting, painting, scrapbooking are typical examples My thought has always been that people should have both active and passive hobbies. My father, when he had spare time in the winter, loved to paint little plaster figurines. My mother, especially in her later years, had a wonderful collection of fans, which she collected on various trips around the world. Those fans were once featured in the Ocala, Florida Public Library, where she and my father lived for a decade after they retired. When my brother was youthful, he collected and mounted exotic butterflies and moth. Boy, they were quite a thing to see. Some people turn their hobbies into income-producing activities. You notice that whenever you go to a craft fair, painting, photography, woodworking, leatherwork, so on. My first attempt at collecting was pretty lame. When I was a kid, my mother gave me her matchbook collection. I've continued that occasionally over the years, but somehow lost the most valuable matchbook in that collection, one from an Atlantic crossing on which the King and Queen of England were passengers. The matchbook had a photo of them on its cover. I have no clue what happened to it. I do have my own collection of matchbook covers, which includes many restaurants and bars I spent time in in the smoking era of the last century. I grow through those matchbooks occasionally to recall pleasant times. I switched over to collecting coffee mugs back in the 70s. I have, or maybe had, a Starbucks coffee mug from the days when it was just a little store in the Pike Place Market area in Seattle. A couple of my mugs may be worth something, but I must say I've never seen coffee mugs on Antiques Roadshow. I still collect them, though but don't have them really displayed anywhere. When I used to travel a lot, I would bring home for my kids toy cable cars from San Francisco or totem pole tchotchkes each time I was in the Pacific Northwest. When it comes to active hobbies, however, I've had some diverse ones, hiking, sailing, woodworking, dancing, riding. If you're an avid sports fan, you might spend a lot of time watching your favorite baseball or basketball team. I don't know if that qualifies as a real hobby. I have a friend named Chuck who spends his entire summer in the living room glued to the White Sox games. 
I follow sports fairly passively and have long felt that the best way to enjoy baseball or hoop or any sport is to actually play it, not just watch it. At this late stage of life, I'm kind of impassive about collecting stuff. I'm more passionate about doing things that involve physical activity and social interaction with other people. Sailing usually involves another person because you often need two people, especially like me when your boat's stored in a garage, or you have a really big boat where help is needed just to get it launched off the dock. Social dancing, another activity for me in the past, I spent a whole decade plus involved in the tango world, and it is definitely a group activity, is a wonderful way to get out and interact with people. That goes for learning any kind of dance steps, whether it be West Coast swing or clogging or square dancing. They're all fine. I picked out somehow the most challenging of social dances, the tango. I've often thought and said that tango is the second most exciting thing a man and woman can do together. I hope to do an entire podcast on tango sometime soon, but I would note that there's too much of my time that was spent in tango trying to learn difficult steps, and too little time enjoying the dance itself. Any kind of social dancing, but tango more so, is always about connecting with your partner. I scratch my head when I watch these international dance competitions on TV. There's virtually no connection. It's like a couple of Barbies going back and forth. But if you watch the winners in Olympic couple skatings, for example... The winners usually are those that not only have skill, but a special connection with each other. Maybe they're brother-sister, husband-wife, romantically involved. Anyway, furniture making, which I got involved in for a decade or so, is generally solitary, but it is very engaging. You're constantly busy. My specialty was arts and crafts furniture, and it was very therapeutic. My taking up woodworking came as a result of a Boy Scout project back in the 80s where we came up with an idea that our kids could make Adirondack chairs and sell them for a fundraiser. I had some old plans that I got from a newspaper, and we built dozens of these chairs, painted them with a bunch of Scout fathers helping out. This was just when that type of chair was starting to gain popularity, so we really were at the beginning of a, of a fad that's going on for a long time. My son Joe and another scout father ended up on the cover of our local weekly newspaper after eight of the chairs were purchased by a Hollywood production company that was filming the movie A League of Their Own at an old country club in South Chicago. Think of it, Madonna's butt landed in one of our scout chairs. Now there was something you could tell your grandkids about. From there, it was a short hop to getting into real woodworking. Not a cheap hobby, lots of serious power tools. But I never thought about making furniture to sell. My idea was that each piece was like a piano etude, a study, something you practiced your skill on. I kind of lost interest after a bunch of years when a loose lever on one of those expensive tools resulted in a slice being taken out of my left forefinger and I had to go into night surgery at a local hospital to save it. I still think working with wood is a great solitary hobby. I did go on to take courses at a local high school in welding, but I found working with steel was a bit stressful. 
especially when you were working with high temperature gases as well. I do admire the guys that weld though, especially when it's uh, on one of our farm tractors. One of the most popular hobbies in the last 30 years or so for teens and older adults has been learning to play musical instruments. Not accordions or drums or bugles, but of course, guitars. I have two kids, both of whom are singer-songwriters, one of whom, my daughter Kelly, actually makes her living teaching little kids starting piano, guitar, and songwriting, and she tours and has a record deal as well. If you listen to our podcast called Top of the World, you've also heard an excerpt of my son Joe's singing. He seems to have a gravelly voice like Tom Waits. I think music is a wonderful hobby for people. It's a great stress reliever. One of my most serious passive hobbies for decades have been just listening to classical music, jazz, and show tunes. In the podcast on the leaky bucket, I lament never having been forced to take piano as a kid. I ended up a rather second-rate clarinet player, actually a far-back second chair, in our high school band. But I still enjoyed all the camaraderie that came from being in a concert band slash marching band and going out on the football field in various formations during high school. That was fun. My high school had an exceptional music program for such a young school. Our director, Father George Wiskirkin, was an accomplished jazz trumpet player who was on a first-name basis with some really big names in the music field like Henry Mancini and Quincy Jones. Also, the great rock band Chicago got its start at our high school. So maybe being a second clarinetist wasn't so bad after all. For some folks, writing is a hobby. I pause here for a second to remember an old girlfriend who wrote out by hand in a blank book the entire text of The Great Gatsby as a birthday gift for her close friend. Absolutely amazing. That's the kind of writing I could never do well. The good news about the last couple of decades has been that a lot of people have learned how to keyboard. The bad news is that they will never be able to legibly write out in longhand The Great Gatsby. Physical writing is a real anachronism these days. For many, however, the internet has encouraged writing out thoughts, which I guess is a good thing. Well, unless you're writing polemics all day long or commenting on them. People today write in ellipses, sentence fragments, or with emojis on Facebook, something that isn't really quite writing but maybe it helps them at least organize their thinking in words. I spent many years writing prose as a teacher, consultant, bureaucrat, speechwriter, author, and so on. For fun, as a hobby, I wrote plays, movies, and TV scripts, poems, songs, short fiction. I especially have been drawn to comedy. Currently, I'm finishing up a 13-episode radio comedy about a young guy who goes into farming, It'll be published this fall as a podcast titled Blue Acres. I guess I've come a long way from matchbook collecting. As people get older and retire from active income producing work, hobbies become more and more important to keep the brain function going. Puzzles, card games, Scrabble, and the like. For those who need lots of involvement in social settings, something we all actually need, Spending our free time in good works, such as soup kitchens, tutoring, and so on, are great activities. I've been a little nonplussed lately to see friends of mine with really important skills, such as medicine and law, 
and business management, walk away from using those skills pro bono to help others through volunteer activities in retirement. What gives here? They walk around bored and end up watching Fox. Great. Of course, I haven't mentioned one of the most popular of all hobbies, gardening. I grew up in a family that owned a garden center and have been surprised to see the business grow so exponentially over the years. While lots of lawn services are visible these days, there also seems to be more and more people who are out on their hands and knees working in the garden. So to conclude, get off your butt and find something interesting to keep you active. And don't forget to first turn off that smartphone. That's it for now. Stay smart, work hard. been listening to Here Comes Yesterday, a podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead. Your ideas and reactions can also be very useful. Contact Frank Corrado via email at corrado at c4m.com. That's C-O-R-R-A-D-O at the letter C, the number 4, the letter M.com. This is Mel Zellman. Thank you for listening, and catch us next time.